to him who loved us and washed us from our sins by his blood and made us kings and priests to God the Father. To him be all glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. The sermon text this week and every week while I am with you is the psalm appointed for the day, and especially just one line each week. Let me explain. In the name of Christ, looking at the weeks ahead, knowing we were and now have called a pastor, uh, a permanent, settled pastor as we describe them. Uh, I didn't know how many weeks I had, whether I should do a sermon series on Ephesians. We go almost all the way through it. And uh, whether or not I could complete it. So I just started looking at the Psalms for each Sunday and have found in each of the Psalms just a little line, usually underlined in my Bible or with a notation. In fact, in many of my Bibles. And because it's just a brief little word or phrase, I thought of titling this series. <laughs> Last week we had just that short phrase from Psalm 85, righteousness and peace, kiss. And springboarded from that all through scripture. See the connections between our righteousness in Christ and the peace we have in Christ. Today, the psalm is, of course, on this mini Shepherd Sunday, the 23rd psalm, so familiar to people. And yet, I wonder if we all know, I think I've mentioned before, verse 6. The sermon title is kind of open-ended, fill in the blank. Surely goodness and mercy shall, we're going to get to it, in Christ's name indeed. So often things become so familiar to us that we forget the meaning. We have church words we use all the time. Faith, love, redemption. And we need to pause and remember the, the powerful meaning of God's word to us. Psalm 23, I believe this past week, the people in the hospital or elsewhere, I may have read it four times and we quote it in our homes I do pray and sing it we will a number of different ways in our songs and I could look at a lot of lines here and expand upon them I'll simply point you to uh, verse 1 we all know the beginning, perhaps, the Lord is my shepherd. But look carefully in your Bible, almost every Bible has this, the word Lord is in all capital letters there. That's not the Hebrew word for Lord there. That's God's personal name. Yahweh 
is my shepherd. I think it's important because David here is in a most personal relationship with God, from God, indeed, as his shepherd. Even the end of that verse, not only the King James, but others, a few different, I shall not want. I may have thought early in my life, and I've encountered people who think, well, that means I shall not desire anything. I shall not want and crave anything. That's not what it means. It means I shall not lack anything. And we could go on. I mean, the great uh, couplets of still waters and green pastures, his rod and his staff, that, that, that triumphant picture, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, anointing my head with oil, on and on. But I want to look just at this line to share what I hope is something personal to you, to show you your saving God, and also practical for you as you go forth. Goodness and mercy, almost all translations have, shall follow me. And again, we get the idea that it will trail behind me, this goodness and mercy. In my wake, as, as, as God is my shepherd, will come goodness and mercy. But... I am convinced of this. I've looked it up for years and years. Did it again this week. The, the word there in the original Hebrew, in any dictionary I, I examine, has as its first meaning not follow, but chase or, or pursue. Goodness and mercy. It's a simple Hebrew word for run. Radaf, I think it is. It occurs 140 times in the Old Testament. Will run after me. And it is used that way for the most part. The first time is in Genesis chapter 14. I may still have it marked. I do. I forgot to check. In a section before what we emphasized last week when I talked about that strange personage, Melchizedek, the, uh, the, the, the king of righteousness is what his name means. He's described as the king of Salem, Shalom, king of peace, righteousness, and peace come together in him. And he is a prophecy of Christ, a real Melchizedek. But just before then is the first occurrence of this word as Abraham chases after some people who have kidnapped Lot, his nephew. It occurs a lot in the Exodus story, and not in a good way. About five times, maybe more, it's describing Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. After he let the Israelites go, he then chased them, pursued them, and it's used many times in that, I guess we could say, negative way in the Bible, indeed, even of God and the, the, the things of God. God threatens, promises, I will pursue those who do evil. He does not let evil and sin go unpunished. 
He always, always addresses it. But as he pursues, he pursues also indeed with his grace, with his goodness and mercy. He indeed chases us down. I want to offer today the sharer translation of the entire verse because there's so many interesting words here that, that lend to this meaning. Surely, indeed, actually that word's hard to translate and even pronounce. It's almost an ugly word to say. Ah! Ah or ah! Surely, pounding the table. Good! It's just the Hebrew word for good there. We put goodness. Good! Dove! And mercy. This is one of my favorite words in all of the Bible. Chesed. Um, devotion. Loving attention of God. We get the uh, description of some Jews today. The, the Hasidic Jews. The devoted Jews. Describes primarily God and his devotion, his attention to us, pursues, and the, and the sense of that verb here is continual action, continues to pursue, indeed in the future, shall follow, shall pursue all the days of my life, and I dwell. There's a little different connotation to that verb. It's a done deed. I don't know how to translate it on the screen. I just went with and I've done get to dwell. It's an accomplished act into the future in the house of Yahweh, there's God's name again, an extension of days. That's literally what it says. You can see the whole scene there. It's God's good, his ultimate good, not just our definition of good, and his devotion is focused on you he pursues so that you are with him forever, guaranteed. Goodness and mercy pursue me, you. Like last week, I do believe, unless I, I learn more about the Bible, this is a unique verse in Scripture. Nowhere else does that exact describe what God is doing to us, although elsewhere it's, it's close. I thought it would be in our first reading today, here as we remember truly God, our Savior, and Christ as our shepherd. Jeremiah 23 had all kinds of descriptions and I looked again and it wasn't there, but it is in another section similar. Ezekiel 34, that is what I was remembering, Ezekiel 34 says, Thus says the Lord Yahweh, Behold, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. Go after them. It is a primary description of God our shepherd. He goes looking for his sheep, Jesus started his three-part parable in Luke 15, the parable of the lost sheep, the lost coin, the lost son. Really, the people searching for them are the prime characters. 
He said, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? Focus on that lost sheep. This is your God's attitude towards you and in need of Jesus. The classic verse, just a few chapters later, Luke 19, Jesus described himself, the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. He is seeking you, seeking you, dear friend. If you are lost with capital L, and there may be some in our gatherings on Sunday who are apart from God, as Paul described, people in Ephesians 2, dead and trespasses and sins, that's all our nature without God dead and damned apart from God wondering where is God going your own way maybe with pride self-centeredness God is seeking you dear friend to, to melt that heart with his law his threats against evil but providing his answer for your evil and your loneliness and your guilt he is seeking after you and no matter what you've done or haven't done, He wants you with it. Though you and I have strayed, and use that as our confession in Ignite today, all we like sheep have gone astray. Each has gone his own way. Jesus has carried the iniquity of us all. All the guilt that you think God sees in you, He placed upon Jesus. And all the loneliness was Christ on the cross. Indeed, that's the primary description of our shepherd. Jesus said this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He has taken everything you deserve and taken it away. And you need to know that also if you are with Christ, but strain as do we all in different ways, Perhaps I can emphasize today in, in your, your mission and ministry straying from the directions he wants you to go, maybe some serious sacrifices, repentance, challenges, new things. God is seeking you may have to go through some of those difficulties to know it. I was told after I became a pastor, something I kind of wish I knew beforehand. Somebody said to me, you don't become a pastor, really, until you've done everything to avoid it. And still God finds you, right? And grabs you and calls you, and I kind of went through some of that. And indeed, it's, it's as you recognize, I'm lost. But God finds you and he quits you. Well, what's the advice when people are lost out in the woods or something? Stay, right, where you are. Stay, moving around. Stay, Jesus commanded in my word. Let's go to your Bible, pray, come to communion. Remember your baptism. He finds you. And 
Yes, it may be through difficulty. I did it again this week with this little snippet from the song, Goodness and Mercy Shall Follow Me, Chase Me, Pursue Me. I did think of one person in the Bible, again in the Old Testament, also mentioned in the New Testament, as a picture of Christ, like Melchizedek. It's this guy. Jonah. Although a believer, he strayed from God's call, right? To go to the great city Nineveh, the Assyrians, the enemies of, of Israel. We find out at the end of the book that he didn't want them to be saved, actually. How many times do we look at people and think, ah, oh, really them? But God's calling you. God's calling you. Though you try to run away, Jonah tried to go to Tarshish. I don't know if you know the geography, but he is oriented. Here's Israel. He was going all the way to Spain, all the way across the Mediterranean. That didn't stop God from finding him, right? On the ship, a storm came up from God, and he was cast into the sea. Okay, now he's gone. No, God appointed great fish or whale. Either translation is okay. Swallowed him. Captain for three days. A picture of Christ in the tomb, Jesus himself said. And then spit him out on the shore. Ready to serve God. Still struggling. God's doing the same thing with you, dear friend. Chasing you down. Our gospel for today has one powerful line I haven't mentioned before. Whenever it occurs in Scripture, I note it. When Jesus saw the crowds, what did it say? He had compassion on them. And I share with you that that word in Greek means moved in the guts. Right? He was moved indeed to come in our flesh, take our sin, go to the cross, Rise from the dead. He's, he's coming back. Running us down. Goodness and mercy. For you. But also through you to others. Shall continue to pursue. Amen.